Hey folks, and welcome to a very special edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos, and with me as always, beat writer Palmer Toms, a man over at Dogs HQ. And folks, uh, it's it happened. I don't know uh, how it's really to start this off other than to say that, uh, but it happened. And your Georgia Bulldogs are the 2021 national champions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dogs pull it off in Indianapolis in spectacular fashion, a heavyweight fight, like everybody predicted it would be. Um, and then, uh, a couple, a uh, couple haymakers there at the end, seal the deal for the bulldogs and bulldog nation goes crazy, uh, essentially. Um, you know, I think that it, it was quite a moment to be there. Um, I know it was uh, very special to witness in person. I think Palmer and I would both agree on that. Um, uh, you know, talking to Georgia fans afterward, talking to them since uh, the people that got to be there, the people who were watching in Athens, the people sitting at their homes all over the state of Georgia and all over the country. And, uh, you know, even all around the world watching this one, um, just just a big night uh, and, and, and everybody uh, with a chance to soak it in. Um, congratulations. Uh, certainly deserved to Kirby Smart, uh, this Georgia Bulldogs team, uh, the Georgia Georgia Bulldogs staff. Um, just a I mean, not really other many other ways to say it other than a magical year. And, um, you know, it, it all culminates in Indianapolis, 33 to 18 against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Palmer, I'm just going to throw it over to you, buddy. I, I'm not even going to come in with some questions. Let's I think we just riff on this one. Um, uh, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to say about it. And um, I'm just curious, you know, your feelings, what you've heard from people, what you've seen since. And, you know, now that we've had what, I guess about mm, 36 ish hours or so, I guess it feels like to uh, reflect on this thing. Um, your takeaway from uh, Georgia uh, becoming 2021's national champion. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, uh, this is years in the making. Um, and, and I don't know that I can give the best perspective on that. It's considering, I haven't been alive for half of Georgia's championship <laughs> drought, um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> being around Athens as much as I have been, um, you know, during this Kirby smart tenure, I, I think that, you know, that if you just look at the six years of Kirby smart, um, you really get a sense for how close Georgia has been to a national championship. Um, you, you understand that, Second and 26, um, you know, Kirby even Kirby said it, um, you know, on, on Tuesday morning as we spoke to him, um, you know, if, if you had told him at second and 26 that, that he'd be waiting until his uh, sixth season to be a national champion, he would have said, well, that's way too long. We're in way too, <laughs> way too great of a situation now. Uh, you know, why, why wait till then? Let's win it now. Um, but I think that if you had told um, Kirby Smart, at the beginning of his, um, you know, football career that he would be a national champion six years into his head coaching career, he probably would have taken it. Probably would have taken it because it takes a lot of coaches a lot longer to win one. Uh, and, and, and a lot of great coaches haven't won one. I mean, um, you know, Kirby said that he wouldn't have defined his career by whether or not he won one, but he doesn't have to think about that now because he's got a ring to show for it. So, um, like you said, I, I think that this is 
you know, on, on several different levels, I think that this is an emotional one. It's an emotional one for Kirby winning that first one. Um, you know, it, it's an emotional one for the players, uh, you know, getting redemption against Alabama, the, the only team that, that beat them this season. Um, and, and in the fashion that they did in the SEC championship game, um, I think that, you know, they said it, it wouldn't have had the same feeling had they gone through somebody else to beat, uh, to win the national championship. And, and so that answers the question that me and you and, and, and several others have had all along throughout, you know, since that December 4th ending, um, you know, if, if Georgia was to win a national championship and if, if it was to be against somebody else, would it be as sweet? Definitely not uh, w- without, you know, beating the Crimson Tide. Um, they do that. So I think, you know, the, you, you cover the emotions there. And then, like you said, for the fan base, um, you know, 41 years in the making, uh, the scenes from Athens, the scenes in Indy, um, there was some property destroyed in Athens, some property destroyed in Indy. And I think that there was quite a bit of property destroyed all around the state as, uh, as Georgia fans celebrated this national championship. Yeah, I assume there are some man caves that are still in rubble uh, and, and garages <laughs> that are still still really, really shattered. Um, and, and quite frankly, they probably don't even want to pick up the pieces because they're worried about messing with the juju, <laughs> uh, worried about a reversal on the decision. Like you said, you know, it men- means a lot to Kirby Smart. It obviously means a lot to the fans. I thought it was really, um, you know, cool of him. I thought it was a really, really cool thing to hear him. Uh, first off, reference Larry Munson after the game and then talk about, you know, uh, all the people that that had had put so much into this uh, from Vince Dooley to Lauren Smith, um, you know, guys like Nick Chubb and Roquan Smith and, and DeAndre Swift and, and Jim Donnan and Ray Goff. I mean, he, he gave a shout out to all of those those people and, and Mark Richt and said, you know, I, this is for them. And this is, you know, none of this happens without those people in those places and or being in this place uh, that is Georgia. And I thought that that was a really uh, like I said, I thought it was a really cool thing, really touching thing for him to say in that moment. Um, you know, obviously. You know, he could have gloated a little bit. I don't think anybody would have begrudged him if he had said, hey, look, I'm the smartest man alive and the greatest coach George has ever had. I think a lot of people would have agreed with him to some degree on that day and night. But, you know, he he took that opportunity to uh, to be really humble and pay homage. And that was cool. Um you know, I guess looking back, uh, like we said, uh, the, the reaction was insane. Um, everybody w- went totally nuts. Uh, there were not a lot of dry eyes at, in the stadium uh, at Lucas Oil um, uh, or, I, like I said, at, at homes across the country, I'm sure, as well. Um, but let's let's dive in on that game a little bit. Um, you know, obviously the elation is still there. The, the 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 championship parade on Saturday in Athens will, I'm sure, be a, a scene for the ages. Um, you know, personally, I just don't think this buzz is wearing off anytime soon for a lot of people. So, um, you know, we, we we can talk about elation for weeks and months to come. Um, but the game uh, is something, you know, looking back on it and that night, um, I used this a few times in, in a couple pieces I wrote about it. And, um, you know, I, I wrote about this in three keys after the game. I'm just kind of interested if you feel the same, Palmer. To me, it felt like Georgia uh, 
did what Alabama normally does at the end of a game. Uh, it was so tight, and then all of a sudden, they're just able to start running it uh, and, and dictating the pace of that game and controlling what's happening. And that's what we've seen Alabama do, just methodically kind of disassemble teams late in the game. It's what comes down to conditioning. You hear that all the time and, you know, all the, the training and the cardio. To me, it was a very Alabama-esque performance in that game, but from Georgia. Yeah, and I think Nick Saban would say the same thing, considering that he, you know he's caught on camera after the game in his embrace with Curry and says, hey, you guys kicked our ass in that fourth quarter. And, and that's something that Alabama has prided itself on. It's, it's something that any college football coach prides it's himself on, um, you know, being able to be conditioned, be ready to play a four-quarter game. Um, you know, Georgia didn't have a ton of them this year, and, and I think that they, they heard the noise of, you know, oh, are they going to be able to play four quarters with a team like Alabama? They didn't do it the first time, and, and you know, then they didn't need to play four quarters against Michigan. Um, you know, really, if you think about it. Not at all. Clemson and Alabama, the second go around the first and last games of the season are the only ones that Georgia really had to do something in the fourth quarter to, to seal the deal. Um, and so otherwise the, the fate was kind of determined. Obviously they had to play four quarters to try and make up ground in that SEC championship game. But outside of that, I, I, you didn't see Georgia's best football played in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, in, in, in most, most of the time throughout the season, more often than not, you were seeing the walk-ons and the backups in there. I mean, you, you were, how many times this year did we see, you know, Jamon Dumas Johnson and Chaz Chambliss and, and the second string D line with their backs against the goal line, trying to keep, you know, the, the opponent out of the end zone to, to play up to that standard uh, of Georgia's, you know, first team defense. I mean, it, it was a, it was a sight to see almost every week. And so I think that that shows to you um, there that, that, they didn't really play that many four quarter games. Well, when it mattered most, they, they were able to play a four quarter game. And, 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 and honestly, I'll, I'll, I mean, I think if most Georgia fans would be willing to admit they did not play a great four quarters, they played a great fourth quarter. And, and that's what re really mattered. They played well enough in quarters one, two, and three to keep this game close. Um, I mean, hats off to the defense for, for everything that they did there. I mean, just looking through these drive summaries here for Alabama field goal, punt, punt to start the game. I think that if, if you had told Georgia fans that they would hold Alabama to three points in the first three possessions, you'd be very happy, especially knowing that that first drive took 14 plays and 56 yards uh, to, to hold them to a field goal there to not let that, you know, that, you know, just the, the weathering, the storm there, uh, you know, and not let that end in the end zone. That was huge. You turn to the second quarter, field goal, field goal, punt. I think, it, again, you're, you're keeping them out of the end zone. And, 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 you know, on both of those field goal drives, there was a big play involved, a play of 40-plus yards. I mean, Alabama hit on a big one. Georgia responded by playing great defense in the red zone and, and getting off the field, limiting the damage. At that point, you know, you look at the offense you know, before halftime, punt, punt, field goal, punt, field goal, and then taking it into the half. Um, you know, th they didn't do a ton of a ton of great things offensively. And so I think that for them to to stay in this game, the defense had to play well. The defense certainly did so. 
And, um, you know, the offense ultimately ends up responding in the second half, um, you know, after, after, um, you know, Georgia, you know, ends up, they're down, uh, you know, nine to six going into the half that, that they end up taking the lead and in late in the third quarter. Um, and, and I think that, you know, as, as you turned the page to the fourth quarter into the third, early fourth, that's when this game was decided. Georgia takes the lead. Alabama responds, um, you know, and, and is able to get the lead back, um, you know, a, a after a controversial fumble there, um, at which, you know, the, the, the officiating is one thing in this game. Um, I'm glad that that's not what we're talking about now because that's not what decided this game. Georgia took matters into its own hands. And, and, and after, you know, the, after the controversial call, after giving up the touchdown in the short field there, uh, they, they, they turn things up a notch, score twice on offense with, with, you know, big plays by freshman pass catchers, defense responds with a three and out and an interception that was returned for a touchdown and, and then closing the deal out with a turnover on downs and a sack to, as the time expired. So I think that that late third quarter, early fourth quarter is, is if you just watched the second half of this game, you get a real sense for, for how this game was decided. Um, but I think that all, all throughout the game, it's important to understand how well this defense played. You, if, if you don't see that first half and, and, and how they respond to those big plays with their backs against the wall, you don't fully understand what it means for what they did in the fourth quarter to, to seal the deal. So, I, I mean, just overall, um, so many things you could say about this game. I could talk forever about this game, but um, yeah, I mean, defense, defense wins championships and, and so does Stetson Bennett. That's what I, that's what I called rest and react. Um, and ultimately you, the defense did their job to, to keep Georgia in this game. They did their job to seal the deal on this game. And in between Stetson Bennett did his job in putting Georgia on the board uh, with, with those two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, I, I think you mentioned um, that you're glad we're not talking about the officiating. That would have definitely been a – if that had been a deciding play as it could have been in that game, um, there there would have been a lot to be, be said about that. And, and let's call it what it was, too. Look, Georgia did not play their cleanest game of the year by any stretch of the imagination. It was a very heavily penalized game from the Georgia perspective. I think what it was in the double digits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I think it was like 12, 13, something like that. Um, yeah. I'll, so, I mean, it, this was uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically undisciplined um, uh, comparatively to what we've seen, I guess, the rest of the season um, when it comes to Georgia. And quite frankly, you know, that's the kind of thing that normally costs teams against Alabama. That's normally, you know, you put yourself behind the sticks with penalties and, you know, you put yourself in bad situations you kept putting the defense out there too in that first half. And I mean, it really did not feel like Georgia could get any momentum rolling. Uh, not that Alabama was, but Alabama was hitting some plays. Georgia came out those first two drives and looked totally inept. And, and it, and I think a lot of people came out of that, those first couple of drives saying, Oh my God, it's happening again. It's the sec championship all over. And, you know, that was uh, it, it, like you said, it's a testament to the defense that they were able to weather 
that storm that they were able to be put back on the field and back in the arena so many times and walk away with, you know, what ended up being a W in the big sense, obviously, but also, you know, so many times just being able to win the battle and control what was happening on the field. And like you said, keeping guys out of the end zone. I mean, even when Alabama got it down, you know, so close a couple of times, you know, uh, Georgia was able to hold them up. Uh, you know, I, I one of the things that will stand out about that game to me for sure um, was uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was Channing maybe missed a missed an assignment and Nicobe Dean just tore into him. I mean, just just I mean, looked like Kirby Smart getting after him out there and was they call him a coach on the field for the reason. And and Channing bounces back next play and has a huge sack on Bryce Young. And so third I mean, down to keep him out of the end zone. I, I couldn't have been really couldn't have been more, more poetic for how it how it played out. Um, but you know, like I said, I it was a, it really was a tale of two halves. Uh, you know, Georgia offensively stank in the first half. Um, Alabama wasn't great, but you knew that at some point Alabama was gonna hit a play. You had you had to be concerned if Georgia was going to do that because of what you'd seen in the SEC championship. There was a potential that that might not happen, um, but they're able to control the flow. And like I said, you know, the, the penalties to me, the penalties, if you have double digit penalties and a turnover against Alabama, typically that's, that's a recipe for, for a loss against Alabama, I would say. Now, Simultaneously, though, Alabama normally does not have a lot of uh, not not a lot of their own turnovers, and uh, they certainly had a couple of those on Saturday. Ended up being huge. Uh, credit to Chris Smith, in my opinion, the player of the game. Uh, I, I thought Chris played a, a tremendous game. I know Lewis was awarded the defensive player of the game, and, and look, the, the argument's certainly there for him as well. I mean, uh, you know. It, there were a lot of guys who made a lot of really impactful plays over the course of that night. Channing, another guy I mentioned, you know, Nakobe was all over the field as usual. Um, you know, Lewis kind of, uh, I forget the play, but uh, just, I, I forget the actual, the context of what down it was, but it was that one where he just made up so much ground. I mean, it was a perfect read and just absolutely flew to the ball, uh, blew it up. That was a second down. I believe so, but it, it was, was about the, to go for a big chunk. Yeah. And, and then the, I think Lou, I think Chris Smith was there on the pass breakup. It was either Chris Smith or, or William Poole on the pass breakup on that next play. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've mentioned both those guys. Um, yeah, William Poole. William Poole, great night for William Poole. A man who, you know, not that he – I don't know that many people thought he would even get a shot at redemption after the SEC championship. And sure enough, uh, has a chance to come out and, and do, uh, uh, do a great job uh, well, for Georgia. And, and, and if we're talking about redemption from the SEC championship, Keely Ringo. I mean, another guy that just got absolutely burned in the SEC championship game – uh, on, on Jamison Williams's longest touchdown of the game. Um, and, 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 you know, how does he respond? Well, he re- seals the deal on, on Georgia's okay. national championship. You know, takes the interception, as, as Kirby's saying, get down, get down, get down. He takes it to the house. He, he's, got, <laughs> yeah. he's, got, he's got points on, on his mind. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I think that there's a lot of guys, um, you know, th- that we could talk about in conversation for, for player of the game. Um, you, you're giving it to Chris Smith, and in, in, in your opinion, the the Dogs HQ 
uh, dog walk talk player MVP. Jake Roos, you're giving it to uh, your vote goes I, to Chris Smith. I, I am giving it to Chris Smith. I, his interception was really big. It was a very timely interception. Um, I also thought it was kind of poetic that it had happened after the Clemson game where he sealed the deal with the interception there. Uh, you know, the um, uh, had a couple big pass breakups, um, you know, just, just, just made some crucial plays and, you know, a guy that mm, let's call it what it is. I think, uh, you know, overlooked in, in a lot of cases and, and, you know, I, listen, Chris is not the biggest guy on the secondary. He's not the fastest guy in the secondary. He's not the guy who's going to be drafted the highest out of that secondary, but he's been a solid contributor and he's been around for a long time. And you could tell that a lot of that experience paid off uh, on Monday night. And um, so for me, yeah, Chris Smith, uh, my defensive player of the game, uh, you, you going, uh, where are you going with that? Well, okay. So, so I'm not, I'm not giving this player defensive player of the game in in my opinion, but uh, for a lot of those same reasons that you just mentioned with Chris Smith, he was so incredibly valuable. Um, You know, a, a guy that, like you said, wasn't like you said with Smith, isn't the star of this defense. Uh, wasn't wasn't you know the most highly recruited of, of the group. He, he's not he's not your playmaker. He's not going to go be an NFL star. But he ends up leading the team in sacks this year, and that's Robert Beal. Um, you know, yeah. after entering the transfer portal, thinking you know, flirting with the idea of leaving Georgia, decides to stick around, and, and it pays off for him. So I'm not I'm not giving uh, you know him my defensive player of the game. Um, but you know, that certainly came to mind as you were talking about Chris there. If I had to give out a defensive player of the game, there's so many guys you could give it to. And I think that's what makes it this game so special. Um, I was, I want to say, I want to say too, and I mentioned this yesterday, it was a performance that was very indicative of what George has done defensively all year. You saw almost week in and week out that they were rotating lead tacklers, guys getting sacked. You know, it was, it was a collective defense. It wasn't like there was a star. Now there were some individual awards handed out and Kobe Dean, obviously, you know, uh, pulls down a butt kiss. You get a Nagurski for, uh, for uh, Jordan Davis, uh, as well as what the Lombardi, I think it was, um, I forget what the Outland. other one. Out, Outland. The Outland. The Outland. That's as right. As well as the um, – I thought it was Not Bednarik. the Nagurski. I thought Not it was Bednarik that he won. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Nagurs- um, Nagurski went to Will Anderson. which it's not, it, it, and, it, and the Heisman finalist was, uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson. So, in a year of defensive players – You'll have to excuse me. I haven't slept much, so I don't remember <laughs> postseason trophies very much. Um, but um, – you know, you had a couple guys who won individual awards, but it was a collective effort from this defense pretty well throughout the season. Like I said, each guy sort of had up his moment where he stepped up. Got Darion Kendrick in the Michigan game, uh, for example. You know, Nakobe in the first Clemson game. Uh, Channing had that great game against Tennessee. Uh, Quay Walker had big moments. Um, you know, it, it was uh, – you know, I, I, I thought that that was what was cool about the performance on Monday night was that – you know, it was really reflective of how Georgia had played defense all year. Yeah. Well, and, and so another thing that I think was reflective of the way Georgia played all year long, and and, and I'll give my defensive player of the game award to Jalen Carter. Um, I, I, you know, didn't tear up the stat sheet, um, but made some of the most impactful plays in that game. He, he was had a lot- crucial penalty, though. Well, had a crucial that, that, that penalty was not that was a, not a timely penalty. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, but, but, but no, I'm not, disc- I'm not discounting that at all. What I'm saying is he had, he had a moment and it could have, it could have gone badly. And there were a couple of those through the night, but he was, he's able to rebound and then come up with some massive plays. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, I think the block kick is huge. huge. Anytime you can keep Alabama off the board, um, you know, that that's big. And I think the fact that he was, he was in there on the, on the Zamir white touchdown, Georgia's first of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think like like we've said, and, and we'll transition over to the offense here uh, in a sec. But I, like I like we've said, this defense was one of several stars. That you know, the, there's not one particular guy. There's not a Roquan Smith on this defense. I mean, you, maybe you could make the case for Nakobe, um, you know, being that kind of central figure, the leader. Sure. But I think from the from the perspective of if you look at the stat sheet. It's all it's all over the board. Um, you know, you've got you've got different players, uh, you know, that are making impacts, and, and so I think that that's what made this defense so so special. Um, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. It really was. Um, flipping it over to the offensive side of the ball, uh, like we were, like we've said throughout, kind of a a mixed bag performance. Definitely a, a two halves, two very different halves for the offense. Um, you know, but I, I thought it was really, uh, again, very cool to hear Jamari Sawyer talk about in the post game essentially that he went to Kirby and said, "Look, you got to put it on us, put it on our backs. We, we can go out here, we can grind this thing down." And you know, uh, you know, they made a change uh, on the offensive line in that second half. Uh, switched Jamari over to guard. Uh, Broderick Jones bumps out to left tackle. Uh, has himself a big night according to Pro Football Focus. Um, and then, but you know, Jamari. Just the leader. And, and, and I mean, a testament to him, man. Another, you know, he comes off the Aiden Hutchinson uh, game and then comes into this one and in the middle of the game is just, hey, can you step over here and do a little something else that you hadn't been really doing all year? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I, I'll, I'll take it on. Um, Stetson Bennett, the MVP of the game uh, uh, from the offensive perspective and uh, probably rightfully so, um, you know, mailman uh, certainly delivered and I, we're going to talk a, a bunch about sets and I'm sure in a moment, um, but I guess taking him off the board, uh, you know, for me, you know, Brock Bowers catch was, was huge and, and it was cool to see him get to do that, you know, you wondered when was it going to happen? When was Bowers going to kind of burst burst through and make his play? I mean, he even did that in an S- in the SEC championship game when not a lot of guys had a moment. Uh, Brock had a moment, um, but aside from Stetson, to me, it's Ad Mitchell. Uh, that was one of the greatest catches. That that's one of those to me. The the Keeley the the interception is the the play right. That's going to be on every highlight reel forever uh and probably will be at the tail end of everyone next season it'll be the the it's gonna be what blows the roof off of sanford stadium every time they they play it uh but the second biggest play for me was ad mitchell's and and just because of what a grown man catch it was now credit all credit to stetson too a tremendously thrown ball and a just a heck of a dime by him but AD really got up and got that thing and had to wrestle it away and get physical for it. And, um, you know, just a big, that's a big sign for that kid, you know, moving forward. He showed flashes throughout the year. He had some games um, and some, some moments, 
Um, but none bigger than that, in my opinion. So I, I'm going to give my offensive player, I, I think, to A.D. Mitchell just because of how impactful that moment was. Yeah, I, I mean, you absolutely could, and, and, and I probably would had you not taken him. Um, <laughs> but but, but I'll, I'll give mine elsewhere and, and give myself a little pat on the back here as well. Um, looking at the three offensive players of the game that, that I had mentioned um, you know, to watch, it was Stetson Bennett obvious reasons there. Um, and, and he takes home the offensive MVP of the game. Jamari Salyer, like you just said, had a, had a big, you know, game for for him and being able to move all over all around um, and, and help the offensive line seal the deal. Um, but if you read that, you probably know where I'm going with this. And, and it's James Cook um, has over one uh, has, you know, the, the run of the night for Georgia, um, you know, the, the, it, it was 67 yards um, set up the, it really got Georgia going offensively yes. Yes. In, in this second half. You, you know, you had, you had the big play from George Pickens in the first half. Um, but I think that, you know, they, they didn't do much with it. They settled for a field goal there. Yes. And, and so, you know, when, when you start talking about Georgia getting touchdowns, it starts with James Cook's run. And, and that set things up for Zamir. Um, he, he goes for 77 yards um, on the ground, has another 15 through the air, um, two catches there, um, I- including an 11-yard reception. So I, I think that doesn't quite get to the uh, the 100-yard total that he's topped in total yardage a couple of times this season um, and, and a couple of times in his career as well. Um, but I think that when you talk about Georgia offensively um, needing a big game from their, their running backs, needing the ability to run the ball and, and control the line of scrimmage, you know, I, I thought that they would probably do it better early on, um, but they did it when it mattered. And that was, you know, the, the running backs, um, the combo of Zamir White and James Cook. Um, but really, to me, uh, I'll, I'll give my MVP there to Cook uh, for getting things started with that long run. Yeah. I mean, great pick. Uh, no doubt about it. And um, <laughs> made me look like an idiot too, because I, I had just, I had just finished typing on Twitter and just posted said um, uh, George's defense needs to grind it out here. Eat some time. Uh, this defense needs a break and they've earned it. And here comes James Cook, just scurrying down the field and uh, kind of busting this thing open. But it, like you said, it was kind of the spark everybody needed. I think it kind of lit everybody back up and you know put puts them down there uh you scored the touchdown and it kind of gets everything rolling again um Stetson Bennett is named Orange Bowl or well a national championship uh offensive player of the game and uh, we took him off our board for obvious reasons because that's just too easy of a pick uh if we're gonna do it but um man what can you say uh you know I I've been smiling a lot just thinking about Stetson, man. And and I feel good for the guy, man. It's hard not to. I mean, if you don't, you're a hater. I'm sorry. I'm calling everybody out. If you still hate Stetson Bennett, you're a hater. Because Stetson Bennett lived the dream that every Georgia football fan kid who's seven years old is playing in the backyard, you know, throwing the ball around – wants to do and he did it in a frame that nobody thought he could do it and he did it with opportunities nobody thought he'd get and he did it at a place that nobody ever thought he should be and I don't know man it's Rudy except 
he won a national championship and he started the whole damn game. I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's the, the kid is the, it's, it's an, um, it's just an unbelievable story. Yeah, really and, and, and I'll add this to you, to your hater comment. You're not just a hater of Stetson Bennett. You're a hater of Georgia. If that, I, I would agree. I would agree. Because, I mean, because, you know, for, for all those people that have said all along, you know, this the JT Daniel should be in the game. Um, you know, that the, the Stetson doesn't deserve to be in this spot. That the, the, you know, Kirby is crazy for playing a former walk on over a former five star. You know, Stetson just all season long, um, you know, just put that on the back burner and went out and played football. And, and, and it's clearly a game that he loves to play. Um, you know, because, you know, if, if you go listen to his interview, um, on Good Morning America, he's he's. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know that anybody. I don't know that anybody picked that quote up from the Good Morning America interview because that was not the takeaway anybody got from the Good Morning America interview. Yeah. It was more that Stetson was uh, probably rolling with a BAC that would have made him illegal to drive at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope let's hope the good old Claude Felton drove Stetson to to that media availability. I, I bet. I, I bet I bet Kirby put him on his back and took him over there. <laughs> no, but but I think overall, um, you know, you you can tell how much this sport means to him. I think that um, you know one of the things that has impressed me about Stetson the most is he's a thinker. He he thinks about what he's going to say, um, which as a media member, I really respect that um, because a lot of guys just just you know kind of say a whole lot of nothing. Um, but, but Stetson says Stetson, when Stetson speaks it, it has value um, because he really puts, you know, time into what he's going to say. Um, he, he speaks from the heart, I think. Um, and, and that's, you know, it, it's not just what comes straight to his head. He, he really digs down, thinks about what he's saying and, and what it means to him and his story um, and, and, you know, for forever now, Stetson Bennett is, is linked to the university of Georgia football program. Um, and, 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 you know, he is the quarterback that brought Georgia a national championship, which I am laughing as I say that, because <laughs> you would have been crazy. You would have been <laughs> crazy to predict that in 2017 in 2018 in 2019 and really any of these years you would be crazy to be the person saying you know it, the, the thing that blows me away the most about Stetson is that if you look at his Georgia career no not once has he come into a season as the starting quarterback and yeah. and and you know now he's ending this one ending this season Georgia's magical season as the starting quarterback of a national championship winning team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have, it's not just this year and it's not just under Kirby smart, the way Georgia has recruited the position of quarterback over the years, Eric Zier, uh, yeah, Mike Bobo, uh, uh, you know, Aaron Murray, Jacob Eason, uh, Jake Fromm, Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, just, just, Guys, Quincy Carter, DJ Shockley waited his turn. Matthew Stafford, the first overall pick in the NFL draft. All of these guys, you know, Georgia has a reputation of, of putting out, you know, great quarterbacks and, and has had some great quarterbacks, some great collegiate quarterbacks. 
you would have never in your life bet that a walk-on was going to be the guy to get them over the hump. And, you know, I, like I said, man, I mean, I mean, that's like saying Jake Roos or Palmer Toms is going to be your national championship starting quarterback. Look, you, and, and now maybe it's possible. Who knows? <laughs> I guess you, you still got we, eligibility left. Can we eliminate any possibilities now? I, I think, I think so. I think I could get into the clearinghouse. Um, so I, I, I mean, you, you can't, you, I told you this after the game, and I told a bunch of people this. You could not have written that script and presented it to a Hollywood studio because they would have they would have said this is far too cliche. We can't put we can't put something like this out because it doesn't make sense. That of course everyone wants that to happen. Of course everyone wants to see that person win, but in real life that doesn't happen. Except it did, and it did on Monday, and it did for Georgia. Uh, the most one of the more hard luck teams of the last 25 to 41 years, if you want to consider it that way. Uh, so many close calls, uh, like you said, um, you know, you go back to the, the previous national championship experience, uh, uh, experience, um, you know, the 2012 SEC championship game, uh, you know, Mark Richt uh, in, in the, that 08 Sugar Bowl uh, against Hawaii. I mean, there were teams, man. There are teams that have come through this school that had the playoff been in place would probably have, have I don't know. I, I'm not going to say they would have won the national championship. You can never predict anything like that. They would have been in the playoff and they'd have been in the hunt. They'd have had an opportunity to play for it. Uh, rather than having the computers and the polls decide it. And, but that wasn't the case. And, and even with all those great players and all those great teams and all those NFL pros who came through, Stetson Bennett's the one, man. He's the, cho- he's the chosen one. He's like, he's like uh, uh, the golden child, I guess. You know, you go seek him out and the, he's, he may be the next Dalai Lama for all we know. I don't, we can't, <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't be sure about anything when it comes to Stetson Bennett because his story truly unbelievable. And um, I am, uh, I, you know, I look, I, listen, as a journalist, I, I know I'm not supposed to care who wins the game. And uh, ultimately I don't, but I'm happy for Stetson Bennett. I, I, I'm I'm thrilled for him to be honest with you. I, I think it's the I think it's the cool. It's it may be the coolest story in college football history. Yeah, I mean, in my it's, opinion, it's it's definitely up there. It's 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 it's, 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 it's got to be the most unbelievable. Yeah, much, <laughs> I mean, I mean, not much else you can say about that. I, I, uh, I I'll I'll try to do my best as as I write a Stetson story. Uh, you know, in, in the hours after this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to put into words what Stetson Bennett has done, um, you know, in, in blocking out all the noise, all the hate, um, all the doubt. And you saw it it on his face, man. When, when, when the, when, after the pick happened, I mean, he just crumbled, dude. I mean, emotionally you could see the, all that weight. You know, he had carried it all year. And listen, he, he can talk about that flip phone all he wanted. Somebody was, listen, that kid was, that kid knew what people were saying about him. Okay. That kid understood what people thought about him and about the performances that he had put on and what he was and what he wasn't and what he could and couldn't do. And 
all and and I'll tell you this, that didn't start at Georgia. This is that's that's been all that kid's life, man. I'm sure there have been a million people in that kid's life who said you're too small to play quarterback. You're not good enough to play quarterback. You're, you know, the, it felt like all of that weight, you got to see it fall off of that kid. And um, I, I think that's where a lot of that emotion came from. For Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, you know, I guess, like I said, I mean, you know, I don't know. Parting thoughts here, Palm. I mean, it was Indianapolis. I thought it was a cool city. Uh, <laughs> overall, I was worried about, the, I was worried about the weather. Um, but you know, had some great, great food. Uh, uh, St. Elmo shrimp cocktail was awesome. The host committee did a, uh, they were super cool to the media. Uh, and the, I thought the fans really enjoyed the stadium. The, the stadium was beautiful. Um, uh, a lot of great seats in that stadium. Um, you know, we were laughing after the game. I, I forget who said it, but uh, it may have been you, I, but I can't recall. But somebody was saying, you know, Georgia fans now. I mean, there are going to be people who make pilgrimages, Georgia fans, to Indianapolis to go take a picture by Lucas Oil Stadium just to say they were at the stadium. And that's hard to believe because, I listen, uh, it, they ain't going there for the scenic beauty. Uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I guess I guess my parting thoughts – to this season, um, this this game, um, you would be, you know, just it's it's incredible. Um, you know, when you look back at, at this season as a whole, um, some of the the symmetry between the way that that first game went, when you started to feel like this team had the potential to be magical, something special. Um, to the way that it ended in, in Indianapolis first score of the year, Chris Smith touchdown. Who's right there blocking for him. Keely Ringo last score of the year. Keely Ringo pick six. Who's there blocking for him. Chris Smith. Dan Jackson getting his teeth rattled out of his head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, first catch of the year, Brock Bowers, last catch of the year, Brock Bowers. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, first sack of the season, Nolan Smith, you know, what does he do to end the game? Gets the last sack of the season. So th- there's a lot of great symmetry to this season um, that, that, you know, you just, you, you, you can't put it into words. Um, th- there's nothing that we can say, we can write uh, to, to change the way that this game, <clears throat> this season played out for Georgia. Um, there, there's nothing that we can say that that does you know better justice to it than just having watched it the entire way. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're listening to this show, I, I promise you, you probably have watched the game. Uh, <laughs> probably watched it more than once or twice. Um, I, I feel like you probably watched it all, but but I feel like you know that this this season, um, you know, as a whole, th- there were a lot of things that were very special, a lot of great stories told, um, you know, the, the, the senior class, I, I think that there's a lot of great leaders on this team, a lot of great seniors, a lot of great guys that have been around this program and, and understand what it means. I think that from, from the guys that are from the state of Georgia, um, you know, they, they understand what it means to have grown up a Georgia fan or, or at least grown up around Georgia fans and have seen the hardship, the, the 2012 season, the, the ending to that game. I mean, we, we heard Stetson talk about that yesterday. Um, and, and they understand, you know, what it has, what this means. I think the guys that came to Georgia, you know, from out of state, you, you were asking the question after the game to believe it was Zamir White, 
Jordan Davis, James Cook, uh, Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Those guys came to Georgia. It's not their home t- home state school. It's not not in their backyard. They made the choice to come to Georgia to accomplish something, and they accomplished that. So I think that when when you look at you know this season, like I said, there, there there's a lot of leaders, a lot of names, a lot of faces, a lot of stars uh, that, that that were a big part of this, and I think that that is what makes this team so special to Georgia fans. Not just the way that it ended. That's a huge factor, but the way the, the ride of it definitely makes it special too. And, and to wrap it up um, by by beating Alabama, the only team that beat you this season, and, and and the team that has given you the most trouble over the last, you know, definitely over Kirby Smart's career, but but really since two thousand seven, yeah. uh, over the last decade plus. They, they've given everybody trouble. They've been the kings of college football. They're the standard that you try and meet when you're building a program. But to beat them makes it even sweeter. Yep. Ah, yeah. I, I don't. Please don't steal all of our end of season recap. We have to still probably do a couple <laughs> more of these podcasts along the way. So <laughs> save a little bit of that. But yeah, uh, hey, just hey, imagine- there, there's plenty to talk about with from from That's draft true. decisions to transfer portal to That's coaching true. changes. To, we got to, hell, we, uh, hell. We got another signing period coming up. I mean, we got to we we got to review the the all, all American games under. What our, I, and what and what did I tell you? And what did I tell you in the box? I said I said everybody will get twenty four hours on this one, and then it'll all start over again. And I don't. And we didn't even get twenty four hours yesterday before uh, some of the first transfer decisions were announced. So yeah, um, you know, uh, and uh, hey. You know, kudos to Amir Speed, a guy who who put in a lot of work uh, at Georgia, and uh, well, wish him the best. I, I hope he finds a good spot because never heard anybody say a bad word about same, Amir Speed. Same with Jalen Johnson. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Both both guys deserve credit, and uh, best of luck to James Cook, who's announced that he's going to the NFL as well. Not a huge surprise to me, based on everything he was kind of saying, even going back into the Orange Bowl. Like, hey, this is the last ride. You know, he was he, he wasn't even, really even even Senior Day. He said. He said stuff along those lines. So yeah, yeah. not not a surprise at all. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that my prediction for this decision season is that it's probably going to go very differently than last one. I think that what and, and and that's another thing that I'll add to what made this team so special was that a lot of these guys made the choice to come back in search of this. Yep. You know, Nicobe Dean didn't have a choice, but James Cook did, and he decided to come back. Jordan Davis did. He decided to come back. Devontae Wyatt is a kid that, 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 you know, probably shouldn't be on the stage, but he is. And, and, and he decided to come back and accomplish something special. Um, you know, it definitely makes it special. Um, you know, the, the way that things, things went last, you know, the, the players talk about after Cincinnati, that that's when this season started. That's when they realized you know, the, the, the off-season workouts were harder than they had ever been before. Um, the, the connection of this team, uh, you know, I think that they were connected within the team, but I think they were also connected to the community. Um, that made it special. So, I, you know, my prediction with going into decision season is that we're going to see a lot of guys leaving. And, and, and that's, that's what you expect because it doesn't get any better than winning a national championship. I mean, what, what, what are you coming back for? To win another one? If you've got yeah. a choice, yeah, yeah. But but if you but if you have a choice and you, and you've got um you know the uh, 
a strong foundation set for going pro. Um, you know, especially if, if you're a senior and you're choosing whether to, you, you've graduated or, or whatever it may be, you're choosing whether to come back and use that last year of eligibility just to play more ball um, or, or, you know, at, at the collegiate level or go pro. I think a lot of these guys are going to be deciding to, to, to hang up the cleats in, in red and black and, and turn towards turn their focus towards uh, getting back to Indianapolis and, and performing in the combine. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, and, or, or like you said, I mean, I think that we'll see some transfers uh, along the way, uh, maybe even a, a, a healthy number and, and hell, hell, know. it wouldn't surprise me if there's some guys that just decide to hang up football. I would, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, right off into the sunset, have a good time, you know. Uh, listen, I'll tell you this: you you, you might as well go ahead and uh, if you're going to do that, I'd say put up a Venmo page, send in two hundred dollars, and you can buy yourself a little house on the east side of Athens. And I promise you, you're not going to have to buy groceries or uh, meals the rest of your life. So <laughs> it's going to be pretty easy sledding for the next uh, next little bit for you if uh if you were uh, on this team and uh and certainly um you know happy for those guys so um all right i, I think that's it for us uh, we've rambled long enough um i'm sure we'll we'll talk about this again very soon um uh, probably a lot for a lot moving forward um but um georgia your national champions in 2021 soak it in bulldog nation uh you waited a long time for it and uh kudos to you for for weathering the storms. And um, that being said, uh, I'm Jake Roos. He's Palmer Toms. This has been another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ.